Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we are going to be previewing tonight's slate of college basketball for DFS, Monday, November 14th. Uh, should be a good one. We got an eight-game slate with a lot of interesting teams, a lot of good matchups. I was hoping that DraftKings would have the salaries for Tuesday night up and we could talk about that one as well, but they haven't. So um, we're just going to be talking about Monday night on here tonight. Make sure if you enjoy this podcast, if you're just here for college basketball today, make sure that you stay tuned for other sports the rest of the week. Tomorrow, we're going to be previewing the RSM Classic for golf. Wednesday, we're going to be previewing the DFS slate for college football. And then Thursday, we will be previewing the NFL slate. Friday is generally a surprise. I kind of see what DraftKings has their salaries out for, what needs to you know be talked about, and then I'll figure it out from there. Might be another college basketball episode. We'll see. So if you enjoy the podcast, please rate and subscribe. Also, please get the word out. I'm trying to grow the listener base bit by bit. So give me a follow on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Happy to answer all start, sit, lineup questions, as well as posting stats and facts on there all week long. If you are interested in my full DFS lineup, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, enough talk. Let's start talking about basketball. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. Before we start talking about individual games and teams and players, I do want to shout out to a resource that you're going to hear me talk about on this podcast and on a lot of other college basketball podcasts, and that is KenPom.com, run by Ken Pomeroy. So Ken Pom basically finds a way to make numbers explain how good a basketball team is. It ranks the teams in Division One, 1 through 363, I believe it is now. And also, Ken Palm has a tempo rating, which tells you how fast a team plays. This is very important for fantasy purposes because the more up-tempo a team plays, the more possessions they get, the more possessions they get, the more fantasy points people are going to score. So you will hear me mention that a few times on the podcast. Ken Palm is a great tool for handicapping games, for picking NCAA tournament brackets, for you know just ranking teams, and also for us knowing how good teams are offensively and how fast they play offensively. So let's get started. The marquee matchup of the night, in my opinion, is Houston versus Oral Roberts. So this has the highest over-under on the slate at 147.5, and it is a matchup of contrasting styles. Of all the teams in this slate, Oral Roberts plays with the fastest tempo. They're ranked 47th on Ken Palm. Houston is one of the slowest on the slate. They're ranked 344th on Ken Palm. In terms of overall team rankings, Houston is 4th and Oral Roberts is 116th. So this might be not necessarily a totally lopsided matchup, but Houston is definitely probably going to win this game. Now, when we're talking about Houston, in my opinion, they have two great values for DFS purposes. Juwan Roberts is currently averaging 15-9, and and he is only $4,800 on DraftKings. Now, keep in mind, for this podcast, when I mention averages or stats, it's with a one or two game sample size. So it's not, you know, totally fledged out, but you know, teams are who they are. So two games to me is enough to determine, you know, who team starters are, who their high usage players are going to be, and who's going to be the guys that get the job done for that team. So Juwan Roberts is one of those guys for Houston, and he's only forty eight hundred dollars. I think he's a great value in a game that's going to be a tempo up for Houston because they're playing Oral Roberts. Now, another interesting name for Houston is Marcus Sasser, who was their best player last season before he had a season-ending injury after, I believe it was 12 games. And he's kind of been getting back into the fold, um, but he's definitely outperforming what his salary is right now on DraftKings, which is $4,700. Anytime you can get a team's best player for $4,700, that's a value, and it's definitely worth taking advantage of. 
So for Oral Roberts, a lot, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably remember their Sweet 16 run in the 2021 NCAA tournament where they beat Ohio State and then you know won their second round game to make it the Sweet 16. And a big part of that victory was two guys that, believe it or not, are both in action tonight. Kevin O'Banner, who ended up transferring to Texas Tech, and Max Asmus. It's spelled Abmas, but it's pronounced Asmus for whatever reason. Max Asmus was their best guard on that team, and he is their best guard on this team. He's an incredibly high-usage player. He ends possessions with the ball in his hands, either shooting or assisting, like almost every Oral Roberts possession. So you could do a lot worse than picking Max Asmus because of the usage that you're going to get. Now, the one downside is Houston's a really good defensive team. So if they kind of put together some kind of scheme to stop Max Asmus and take the ball out of his hands, that might provide a little risk in playing him. But like I said, he is high usage, and he is going to have the ball in his hands. Now, Oral Roberts is a team that they get heavy minutes from their starting five, like heavy minutes. They don't play a whole lot of bench guys at all, and so a lot of their production goes to those five guys. Other than Asmus, the rest of the starting lineup is Connor Vanover, Carlos Jurgens, Kareem Thompson, and Isaac McBride, and they are all under $5,500 on DraftKings. So I think that starting five, that can provide you a little bit of value as you try to build out this lineup. Now, the second game that I want to target on this slate is Florida Atlantic at Florida. So this one has an over-under of 145. Florida plays with the second highest tempo of any team on the slate behind Oral Roberts. So this one could figure to see a lot of scoring. Now, this one does have an interesting matchup. We've got seven-footers going against each other. FAU seven-footer Vladislav Golden is the team's leading scorer, even though he does not play over 25 minutes a game. It's kind of interesting. Now, they do have two values, what I believe, for Florida Atlantic. The first one is Nick Boyd. He's at $4,600 on DraftKings, and he currently averages 6.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, and 4.5 assists. That's a lot of production and a lot of you know time with the ball in his hands for a guy who's only $4,600 on DraftKings. The second value for FAU is Giancarlo Rosado. Rosado. Giancarlo Rosado. There we go. He's the team's lead leading. Good Lord. Giancarlo Rosado is Florida Atlantic's second value play, and he's the team's leading rebounder, and he only plays 20 minutes a game. He's $4,100 on DraftKings. Anytime you can get a team's leading rebounder at only 20 minutes a game, at $4,100, that's pretty good because guess what? If this team needs help rebounding, guess who's going to play more minutes? Giancarlo Rosado. So I think he's a very reasonable option there at $4,100 on DraftKings. Glad I finally got through that one smoothly. That was a tough name. All right, now for Florida. Florida has their own seven-footer, and that is Colin Castleton. He is currently the team leader in all five categories, points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals. And we typically like to play big men against mid-majors because – Mid-majors normally don't have their big men like this, but Florida Atlantic has their own seven-footer. Colin Castleton is also a seven-footer. So I don't know if this is going to be a matchup that Castleton can, can take advantage of or not, but we know that he's definitely going to have the ball in his hands. You could certainly do much worse than playing Colin Castleton, even at his steep price tag. Now, one interesting one for Florida is Kyle Lofton. So he is a transfer from St. Bonaventure, and he was a very high-usage player at St. Bonaventure. He has not been that so far for Florida. So I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where he's just kind of getting used to the offense, kind of getting used to his role. But I think he's a very boomer bust player at his price tag because if he starts going back to his old St. Bonaventure days, he's going to blow that price tag away. But if he's kind of still in this passive, you know, filling in a role type deal, he's not going to play value for that price tag at all. 
The other value that I think Florida has is Myrian Jones. He's only $4,700. He is a starter. He is a very good rebounder. So I think that that could provide you a little bit of value on that Florida roster. All right, next game up is DePaul at Minnesota. So this game is actually a pick 'em. So like this is as close of a point spread as you can literally get. <laughs> um, and the over-under is 138, meaning that each team is projected to score 69 points. Now, one thing that is interesting in that part is that Minnesota is 354th in the nation in tempo, according to Ken Palm, and that is that's pretty low. So I don't know how necessarily they're going to get to that 138, or unless that three if that 354 number is just kind of an aberration. They normally if they normally play with more tempo, I don't know, but that over under seems awfully high for the team's tempo rating. Now, when we're looking at Minnesota. Dawson Garcia is the team's leading scoring, leading scorer and rebounder, and he is only $5,900 on DraftKings. I think that he's going to provide you a lot of value. Anytime you can get a team's leading scorer and rebounder for $5,900, that's a situation you want to take advantage of. Now, Taylon Cooper from Minnesota, he's probably their best player. He's great, but he is pricey on DraftKings. I don't know if I'm going to get there on his price tag. Now, one thing that is interesting for Minnesota is that they have eight guys that are in their rotation and all eight of them play over 18 minutes per game. So pretty much any Minnesota guy who's a part of the rotation is a reasonable play on DraftKings because 18 minutes is, like, not bad. And if any of the starters get in foul trouble, that 18 for a backup could turn into 24 or 25 or 27 really quickly. So the one upside – or the one player in the rotation that I think has the most upside – is Pharrell Payne. He's at $5,300 on DraftKings. I think that he's got a really good chance to pay off that price tag. He is a true freshman, and he's got a lot of talent, so I think that that price tag could be moving upwards very soon. Now, looking on the other side at DePaul, they have a big three. Like, these three guys are their high-usage players, leading scorers, leading minute skinners, and everybody else is kind of just behind them, and that is Emoja Gibson, Deshaun Nelson, and Javon Johnson. Javon Johnson is currently their leading scorer, and he's only $4,700 on DraftKings. Gibson and Nelson are much more pricey. I think all three of them make for great options, but Javon Johnson, only $4,700, to me, that is an absolute bargain. All right, that covers the first four games. Let's take a quick breather and then talk about the last four. Next game up, and I'm going to try to get through this with less stumbling over my words this time. Next game up is Northern Iowa at Virginia. Has the lowest over-under of the slate at 127 points. And Virginia is currently 16.5 point favorites. So that means that Northern Iowa is only projected 55 points, which is the lowest of the slate. Now, what does not help Northern Iowa is the fact that Virginia is currently the slowest team in the country, according to Ken Palm. So this is probably the game that I'm going to be avoiding. Um, I do think there are a few value plays, but I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to get a lot of guys in this game when there's only going to be 127 points scored. So for Northern Iowa, Titan Anderson, to me, is their only appealing option. He almost averages a double-double and is only $5,100 on DraftKings. And, you know, if he gets another double-double, then that's definitely going to pay off that price tag. But like I said, I'm worried about the, the slow tempo for Virginia, lowering these guys' stats, lowering these guys' points scored. For Virginia, there are only two guys that I'm interested in playing in. Given the combination of how expensive some of their guys are and the combination of the slow tempo of this game, the only two that I'm interested in playing in are Armand Franklin and Ryan Dunn. I just, I don't know, I just can't get there on paying for a high-priced Virginia guy in a game that's only going to have 127 points scored. I just can't do it. Next game up is Louisiana Tech at Texas Tech. So this one has an over-under of 135, which is 
pretty reasonable in my opinion. Texas Tech doesn't play exceptionally fast or slow, but they play really good defense. Texas Tech is also a really, really balanced team. They give a lot of guys minutes. They give a lot of guys the ball. It's part of Coach Mark Adams' philosophy where they're going to win on their defense, not on their offense. So for offense, they really do share the ball. They don't have a superstar, and they just kind of just gradually score baskets. They don't really kind of fill it up in any particular way. Now, for Texas Tech, Kevin O'Banner, I mentioned him earlier in the Oral Roberts segment. He's great. Like, he's really good. He's really versatile. He can play defense. He can score it. He can rebound. He can do a lot. But in my opinion, he's overpriced. I just don't think I can get there on playing him at that price tag. Daniel Bacho is Texas Tech's best big man right now with the fact that IMAC is injured. And he's only $4,900 on DraftKings. So Bacho at $4,900, you're getting a team's best big man at that price against an undersized Louisiana Tech team. I like that combination. Now, they do have two guards that I like for Texas Tech. Jalen Tyson is probably their best guard and probably their leader in usage among guards, and he's only $5,200. I think that that's a pretty good value for a a leading guard on a team. Now, Kerwin Walton is a transfer from North Carolina. He was kind of disappointing at North Carolina. And so we know the talent's there. Like We know he's a really talented player, was really highly recruited coming out of high school. He's only $4,500, and if he can just kind of flash some of that talent, I think he's a guy that can pop. Like He's a guy that has a high ceiling because he has the ability to score it a lot. And this Texas Tech team, they're going to need some scoring. They're going to need some guys that can do that. So I kind of like Kerwin Walton there at $4,500. Now for Louisiana Tech, they feature a true dynamic duo, two guys that are going to be A lot of their usage, a lot of their points, a lot of their fantasy points are going to be funneled around Kobe Williams and Keiston Willis. Aside from those two, Will Allen is their best big, and he's only $3,800. He is currently the team's leading rebounder. Uh, I think he's a really good value at $3,800, and I think you can do worse than playing Williams and Willis. Um, but like I said, Texas Tech, really good defensive team, so it's not like I'm just signing up to play you know, four or five Louisiana Tech Bulldogs on this slate. Next game up is Butler at Penn State. Game has an over-under of 139. Penn State is currently in the 300s in tempo, so, you know, this isn't going to be the fastest game in the world, but, you know, that over-under for 139 seems pretty reasonable. So for Butler, Manny Bates, the NC State transfer, is their best player. Butler's only played one game, and he had 25 points and 11 rebounds in that game. He's also an elite-level shot blocker from his time at NC State. Another guy that is intriguing is Chuck Harris. He had 17 points, two rebounds, and three assists, which would, if he does it again, would absolutely pay off his $5,200 price tag on DraftKings right now. And the other two guys that are interesting for me are Jaden Taylor and Seamus Lukosius. They are two starters for Butler who could provide a little bit of value. You know, maybe, obviously I think playing Bates is a good idea, especially because of the shot blocking he gives you. But if the offense starts to not revolve around Bates so much, Taylor and Lukosius are going to be the two guys that will kind of be able to take advantage of that. And so I think that those two guys can definitely provide you some value here tonight. For Penn State, Jalen Pickett is their best player. He's an incredibly high usage player. If you're starting it off with a star, I don't think he's a bad place to start. Now, the rest of their starting lineup are Winter, Funk, Dread, and Niger. I'm going to go with Niger. Now, for those five, Penn State starters, they're pretty heavy usage. Like They play a lot of minutes. They don't really play a whole lot of bench minutes. Now, I kind of think of their, the rest of those four starters into like two pairs. Winter and Funk are kind of just like these consistent, solid options. Like They're going to get usage. They're going to get points. They're going to be 
in a part of Penn State's offense. The other two, Dredd and Najee, to me have a lot of upside. Um, they're not necessarily as involved offensively as the other two, but they rebound the ball, they get assists, they you know they do the other things that are going to get you fantasy points, and they're going to be on the floor a lot. In college basketball, minutes equals fantasy points. Well, not always, but generally speaking, more minutes means more fantasy points. Now, last game is going to be Holy Cross at Creighton. There is not a line yet on this one, so I do not know what um, the over-under is going to be. Creighton is generally known for their tempo, but they're not currently in the top 50 in Ken Palm on tempo, so maybe it's just kind of an aberration with their first two games. For Holy Cross, they have one superstar, and that is Gerald. I'm pretty sure it's Gerald. Gerald Gates. He does it all. Like He is like their guy. He is going to be like one of the highest usage players on the slate. Now, they do have two other guys that I think provide you a little bit of value, and that is Kenny and Montgomery. Um, I'm not really interested in playing anybody else on Holy Cross outside of that group, especially if this game turns into a blowout. For Holy Cross, they do not go deep with their rotation. The starters play heavy minutes. So if you can get those starters in your lineup, that's not such a bad idea in a game that might have a little bit of tempo to it. Now for Creighton. They're in a very interesting spot on DraftKings. Every one of their starters is over $8,000 on DraftKings. That is really, really wild, y'all. There's no way that all five of those guys can pay off their $8,000 price tag. It just cannot be done. So it's very concerning to try to play any of those guys simply because there's other mounts to feed. Like there's other guys that got to get the ball and score too. There's no way that they can all pay off their price tag. It's just not going to happen. So I don't know. I just, I'm, it's hard to get there on any of the Creighton Blue Jays on this one. Now, the one thing that does interest me is this Holy Cross does not have a rotation player that is taller than six foot six. Kaluma and Shireman for Creighton are both six seven. And Ryan Kalkbrenner, their center, is seven one. So, Kalkbrenner is going to have a full seven-inch advantage on everybody in Holy Cross's rotation, but he's not like some dominant, like Hunter Dickinson type. Feed it to him in the post and let him go to work, big man. So I don't know. I think he's got the height advantage. That'll give him some rebounds and blocks, but I don't know if it's going to translate into scoring. It's definitely an option if you're playing a tournament. He's definitely an option that could boom because of the additions and rebounds and blocks that he's going to be getting. Now, if I had to predict for Creighton over the course of the whole season, I think that Baylor Shireman is going to become their leading scorer and their highest usage player. He's not there yet, but I think he will be. He's a transfer from South Dakota State who is really, really good there, and I think he will be really, really good for Creighton as soon as he kind of figures out his role and the rest of the team figures out that, hey, look, this guy can really score it. We need the ball in this guy's hands. So that does it for the Monday slate. Like I said earlier, I was really, really hoping that DraftKings would have the salaries up for the Tuesday slate by now. It is what it is. You know, the Champions Classic on Tuesday, it's something that I definitely look forward to watching every year on TV. It's just great college basketball. And we don't really know what the rest of the slate's going to be for college basketball, but we do know that Kentucky, Michigan State, Duke, and Kansas are going to be playing, and all four of those teams play with pretty good tempo. So just kind of looking ahead to the Tuesday slate, fill your fill up your lineup with those two games. Those are generally high-scoring games. Those are generally really good games to watch. So fill up your lineup with the Kansas, Michigan State, Duke, and Kentucky games. That is my advice looking at the Champions Classic and the rest of the slate tomorrow. All right, y'all, that does it for today's episode. Make sure you stay tuned to the episode feed the rest of the week. We got golf, 
college football, and NFL coming your way the rest of the week. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks, dropping stats and facts all week long. Also, more than willing to answer any lineup or start sit questions on there. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you all next time.